0: The 3rd of May, 2007, episode 76. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. When we start working freelance, there's a lot of situations that might come up where the client doesn't exactly like the way we're going about doing things. And if we're talking more specifically with contracts, it can get kind of sticky sometimes, whereas the client doesn't really want to agree to the terms that you've laid out or the stipulations that you've laid out for how the project is going to go and how all the legal ramifications are coming together. So we're going to... We're going to highlight this topic today and kind of talk about the topic of who owns what as far as your artwork goes. Have a couple of bits of news before we get into the topic for today. Uh, first of all, I found this on the John Knack on Adobe blog, and this was in the bullpen a while back, so you can find the link on the rookie designer website, which is at com slash rookie. I found this through an RSS reader that I was using and Basically there is a cleanup script for the CS3 betas. If you, if you had the beta of Photoshop CS3, they're saying that you either need to use this cleanup script to take it off your machine and make sure that all the uh, remaining files, the preference files and all everything that comes along with it, make sure that those are all gone. So either use this cleanup script or make sure that you use the uninstaller that came with the Photoshop CS3 beta so that you can make sure that everything is off there, because I guess people were having issues when they actually bought Photoshop CS3. They are having issues installing that because there was leftover files that came with the beta. So make sure that if you did participate in that beta, that you get all the stuff off there, either by using the uninstaller or by getting this cleanup script. And I'll put a link in the show notes to to the uh, website here, so you can find the cleanup script if you want to use that. Uh, they have I think it says that they have it for Macs and for Windows. There's two different uh, yeah, there's two different ones obviously because they're different uh, OS. but there's two different entries here for cleanup scripts for both platforms. So make sure you use that. You don't want to ha- be having any problems with that. The second thing, uh, we talked a while back about contests and entering contests and I found a pretty interesting one. And this is from Apple. And basically, if you work with video, this would be of interest to you. The group Modest Mouse actually recorded a video, but they did it all in green screen, meaning, you know, there's no background to it. You can take the background completely out. I'm looking at a picture here and it's got, you know, the, the four or five guys playing their instruments, you can see all the amps of course, but everything behind them is all just green screen. So you can't see. So basically what you're going to be asked to do is make a background for this video whatever you want to do, with different kinds of motion backgrounds or just maybe video backgrounds of different places that you think they would be. Uh, I haven't totally looked at uh, what they're actually doing in the video, but just look like a pretty interesting thing to me. So I'll have a, a link to this as well. So if you want to participate in that or if you just want to go check it out, pretty interesting contest and uh, you know, probably something that would be pretty fun to participate in. Uh, as for the regular stuff, I always ask that you tell someone else, be it a friend, coworker, s- schoolmate, stranger, tell somebody else that's interested in design about this podcast, Tell them where it is, Tell them how to subscribe if they don't know. Uh, that's the only way we get the word out and uh, build our audience. So I ask that you do that. Also, there's the email program where I ask you to write uh, a letter, a letter of recommendation letter of approval of this podcast and send that to a publication which I usually choose and the one that I've chosen for right now is blogger and podcaster magazines a brand new magazine Uh, they just put out their first issue and they're actually doing it in print and online and as a podcast so lots of opportunities for maybe to get some publicity from these guys the email is actually very strange and uh I'm not even going to attempt to read it to you. Just go to our website, rookie slash rookie, look in the show notes and it'll say email program. You just click on that and then it'll pre-populate the email for you. And you can write that glowing endorsement of the, of the podcast here. One last thing, uh, I wanted to allude to the second half of this podcast. I'm going to kind of be doing another state of the podcast message. Um, it's kind of important stuff. So, you know, if you enjoy this podcast, you listen to it regularly, you're probably going to want to stick around and listen to what I have to say about that. Uh, there's going to be some changes in the format and whatnot. So uh, I will get into that in the second half. Before we get started, let me tell you about our sponsor today. This this podcast is being brought to you by GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting is a piece of software that you can download and install, and then you can host meetings from your computer with people who are just about anywhere. But it makes it feel like you're all in the same room because you actually get to share the screen, much like I do on the Quick Tips for Designers where you get to watch what I'm doing on my screen. You can do the same thing with GoToMeeting, except it's live. You're actually having the meeting. Instead of jumping on phones and just having to explain everything, you can show them on your computer what you're talking about. And you could do cool things like passing the keyboard and mouse to somebody else in the meeting so that they can show their ideas as well. Now, you can uh, try this out for free for 45 days if you go to goToMeeting.com forward slash podcast. That's goToMeeting.com forward slash podcast. You just sign up with a little form. And you'll be able to download that and use it. I uh, always have to throw out this disclaimer, though. As of now, if you are a Mac user, this does not work in the Mac OS. You will not be able to use this. You can join meetings, but you cannot host them yourself. Uh, if you want to do this on a Mac, you need to be on an Intel Mac running Windows. Uh, they have told me that there is going to be a Mac product coming out in the future, but it's not out right now. So just want to make sure you Mac users don't get too frustrated with that. Actually, that actually reminds me of something else. Let me look for this. I was sent an email, and I wanted to make just a couple remarks about it. I want to get in some some big discussion about this, although I'm sure it will spawn a discussion, because it's a topic that seems to come up quite a bit. And let me find the email, and of course, I can't find the email. My email has been very strange lately. It's been throwing things away without me knowing it. Um, Let me try and search for it, and I'll just give you the brief overview. Basically, I was sent an email telling me that, you know, it was from somebody that listens all the time, and they said they really enjoy the show, but, you know, they feel like I just continuously, continuously gush about Apples and Mac computers and all that kind of stuff. And I said, you know, I probably do and just don't really realize it, but, you know, I can't help it. I'm a fanatic of Macs. And he also said that, you know, people come up to him and say, you know, because he's a designer, they say, oh, what kind of Mac do you use? Or why don't you use a Mac? And yes, this is annoying, but what I said is, either these people are Mac fanatics too, and they just want everybody to have one, or they're just uninformed. And uh, he seemed to think that, you know, so I maybe have made some comments in the past that that alluded to the fact that if you're a designer, you should be using a Mac, you can't do it on, on a PC. And that is absolutely not true. Um, I don't know if I maybe said something that, that led to that belief, but if I did, I, let me retract it right now, because obviously you can use either platform. Either platform works just as well. Um, I actually work on a PC most of the day, uh, doing my web design. I, I am of course on a PC, I'm in a PC environment, so I need to be in a piece on a PC, but you know, even if I didn't have to be, I could, I run, I do have a Mac at work as well, but since I've been doing the web work, I don't want to buy the creative suite for both the Mac and the PC. It's not in the budget. So I use the Creative Suite on the on the PC, and I do everything on the PC pretty much now. My Mac has pretty much become my jukebox where I listen to iTunes. But uh, please, you know, understand this: you can be on either platform, and I have—I know this for a fact—I've said in the past. It's to your advantage to learn how to work on both PC and Mac because you never know what people, what kind of environment you're going to get into with a job, with a potential job. You know, you might go into a job and everybody's on Macs we might go into a job where everybody's on PCs it doesn't matter what kind of job they're doing it's just their personal preference what they think you know what they think their money is best spent on or what they think you know is best for the needs of their business and another thing uh, this is in my opinion a rumor out there but it's thought that you can actually build a PC cheaper than you can build a Mac now this is true but if you're talking about comparable Entities where you have as much power in the PC, you have the same graphic capabilities, you have, you know, the same processor, you have the same amount of RAM. If you have the same things in the PC as you do on the Mac, it's not going to be that much cheaper. Now, if you're super geeky and you know how to build, buy all the parts yourself and put the PC together, that's probably going to be cheap, cheaper. Yes, most people can't do that though but you can't do that with a Mac obviously. They sell it as a whole piece. They sell it, you know, with very limited options. But uh for the most part, once you build up that PC to be as as powerful as say, you know, one of the top-line Macs that they sell with, you know, all the bells and whistles on it, it's going to be pretty much the same. And there are, you know, cheap Macs out there as well. Definitely, if you're just doing word processing or you're doing something that's very that's not very processor intensive, you can absolutely get PCs for way less than a Mac. But I just think there's that uh, there there's a lot of stereotyping that goes both ways. I think, and of course, you know I am a Mac fan. I've said it many times. I'm not trying to hide the fact, but you know, know this: you can do everything just as well on a PC as you can do it on a Mac. I just personally choose Mac for myself. I like Macs. I'm comfortable in that OS, and uh, that's how it goes. So I just want to put that out there. You know, I know I probably gush a little bit about Macs more than I probably should. Um, maybe I should start a Mac podcast instead, but, you know, this is what I do, and this is what I use. This is what I choose to use. Um, I don't I don't I try not to be too much on one side, you know, I give our key commands in both PC and Mac and that kind of stuff, but just know that that you can do the job just as well on a PC and it's not always, you know, it doesn't always have to be a Mac if you're a designer even though there is a stereotype out there that that that's the case. Anyways, enough on that. So what I wanted to talk about today is something that actually came up just recently with a client of mine. Uh, of course, you know that I do freelance, and I have a contract that I've talked about before, and even given out to some of the listeners here to to take a look at. And I always put the disclaimer out there: it's not the greatest contract ever. And somebody actually just wrote on the forums not not too long ago about you know should I go and have a lawyer draw up a contract for me? And I said, okay, well, that sounds like an excellent idea to me, if a couple of things are the case. First of all you know, you have the money to spend on doing that. And second of all, if you think it's that important. And for me, I don't think it's that important for me at this point. Now, if I start pulling huge clients, you know, like Coca-Cola or somebody like that, then absolutely you're going to want to have a contract that a lawyer looked over and make sure that it's airtight. Uh, I just don't, you know, I don't have the money to spend and I'm not working for very large companies. So I just basically need to be able to cover myself in in tight situations now I kind of deducted this from the fact that also my jobs don't don't pay me all that much so if you have a a job that you're working for like two hundred bucks is what you're gonna make on it and the client stiffs you on it but you have a contract in place absolutely you can take them to court but are you going to because it's gonna cost you more than the two hundred dollars to actually fight them in court and get your money so it's kind of a, a loss there. So a contract only goes so far. That's why I say, you know, if you really need that airtight contract, if you're working for companies and you're making thousands and thousands of dollars on one job to the point where it would be worth your time to take them to court, if uh, if anything like that happens, then yeah, that might be a case where you need an airtight contract that's written up by a, a lawyer. The other thing is the money, of course. Are you making a, enough money that you can justify going to a lawyer because it's probably gonna cost quite a bit of money can you justify going and spending that money to drop that contract if you can if you say yes to both of those questions absolutely go do it it's, a, it's an excellent idea if not piece one together like I did I just found a bunch of different contracts on the web and uh, piece together the pieces that I thought that I needed in my contract and that's what I came up with so there is one clause in particular that's in here that I would use that my client took exception to, didn't like it, wanted me to take it out completely. And uh, let me read it to you. It's about reproduction of work. It says, all reproduction rights on the copyrighted work are retained by the designer. The work may not be altered, reproduced in any form without consent from the designer. They didn't like this. And Basically what this is saying is I, I still retain the rights to this artwork, artwork that I'm making. Basically, I'm licensing my artwork to you. Kind of like in the same way a photographer would take a picture and then, you know, if it's not royalty-free. Royalty-free, you pay once and you get to use it as much as you want for however long you want. Licensed says you can only use this picture in X amount of publications. They can only have this much distribution and you can only use it for this amount of time. After which, you have to... Relicense it again. You have to pay for it again to use it in more distribution, or use it past that time, or you know, you kind of get the idea there. And that's basically what I'm doing here, and that's what we all pretty much do. Um, when you actually make something, and I, you know, after this came up and they said I don't want this in the contract, we kind of went back and forth, and I said, wait a minute, you know, I I made this stuff, I own the rights to it. I went all over, scoured the web, and looked for everything that I could find to back up what I was saying, because I knew that I was right. I mean, you make something, obviously it's yours. You have the ability to go copyright it, it's yours. Unless you actually write something into your contract saying, I am turning over the rights to this to this client. Which you absolutely can do if you want to. But these people are wanting me to do that when you know I'm not willing to do it. So there's a couple of factors that go into that. And let me see if I can find some stuff here that I got off the web. I went to the, the actual copyright website. I didn't find a whole lot. Um, this thing is about ownership and transfer. It says property, right, and design. The property right in a design subject to protection under this chapter shall vest in the designer. The legal representatives of a deceased designer or... One under legal incapacity, the employer for whom which the designer created the design in the case of a design made within the regular scope of the designer's employment, or a person to whom the rights of the designer or of such employer have been transferred, the person in whom property right is vested shall be considered the owner of the design. so basically, the first thing uh, this is saying is whoever designed it owns the rights to it. Uh, if you die then the legal, legal representatives of you, whoever represents you, they own it now. Or if you're you know, incapacitated, then you know, your legal representatives are the ones that, that now own that. If none of those people are around, then whoever you made this design for, they own the rights to it. Otherwise, you know, if you still own the rights to it, or, some, or if you're deceased and somebody else owns you, your rights, then they actually have to pass the rights over to someone else. And that's what we're saying here. Now, I also read a an article from someone on this website talking about why do you want the rights. It was basically about who owns what. And as we've just stated, when you make something, you own it. Even if you die, you know, whoever owns what you own, they, they own it. it, goes to them. In no cases do you make something and the, the rights just get passed over to whoever you made it for unless you actually specify that the rights are now theirs. But uh, a lot of clients like to think that it is theirs, you know. This client wanted me basically to, you know, after I make a project, put all the source files, all the Photoshop files with all the layers in them, everything, take them take it all, put it on a CD and give that to them. And I said, "Well, it doesn't quite work that way." Now I can see their their point of view on their side. She said that, you know, I've been burned by some designers. I had a designer design something for me. A couple months later, we wanted to go back and make changes to it. He didn't have the files. He threw them away, lost them, something. Or maybe the the design business closes up. And now you're screwed because you got to start all over again instead of just making changes to that. I can see that. It kind of works both ways. But on my end, you know, I make this design. First of all, I don't want somebody getting my layer photo, Photoshop file pulling it apart, taking some design that was meant for, say, a brochure, taking that piece of the design and making t-shirts with it. Now that's taking money out of my pocket because I wasn't the one that made the t-shirts, although I made the graphics that went on the t-shirts. So basically that's my design. Uh, Another thing I think that a lot of designers get worried about is, you know, maybe we charge a little bit more. They bring it to us. We do a, a spectacular design they get all the source files and then now we're out of a job they take it to a cheaper designer and have them make tweaks to it or changes to it and basically they're putting something else back out as if it there were as if it were their own work when really it's ours so there's a lot of things to think about on both sides of this and what we really need to think about is what is it worth to us now I'm going to go back to this example of working for a very large company versus working for a very small company. And how much do you care, you know, if they have the source files to your stuff? If you're making a flyer for, you know, a mom-and-pop shop, do you really care if they have the source files? Do you really care if they pull some of uh, the imagery out and make, like, a a stupid newsletter? Probably not. It's probably not going to mean as much to you, whereas if you're making designs for a Coca-Cola or an MTV or somebody like that, you're going to care. There's mass distribution... And every time they're making something new, you're going to be making a whole lot of money. So you're going to care a lot more about keeping those source files, and and retaining the rights to the work that you did for them. Now, when you're working for a larger company, they're probably not going to let you keep the rights to those things. In the small, in the in in the case of a small company, you probably don't care anyways. But in the case of a large company, they're probably going to buy the rights to those files, and and that brings up this topic. If you really care about it, what you're really caring about is them taking money out of your pocket. So why not just charge for the rights to the rest of the files, the source files? And this is a good way to go about it. And this is pretty much what I told my client. Well, if they want these every single time, I'm going to start charging charging accordingly. Because I have been charging basically as a licensing fee. I've been letting them license this design that I make and use it for exactly what it's supposed to be used for. I'm not giving them source files because then they might take that and use it for something else. And I have clients that I know will do that. You know, they're this the scrounging, scrounging type that uh, I've seen them go on the web and just pull pictures down from Google or from other websites and use them. You know, they don't care about any rules at all. So I know that these are the type of people that will do this. So, you know, in that regard... These these are the people that I want to protect myself against. So I'm going to charge a little bit more. I'm going to basically see, you know, look at the situations and decide what I think is fair. What's a fair price for them to own the rights to all these files? And only you can tell what's fair. You're going to know the situation. You'll know the client. You're the only one that can really tell. I mean, there's no standard here. There's absolutely no standard. Basically, you charge what you can get away with. You know, I mean, you can't go ridiculous on this, but, you know, depending on the scale of the project, how much work you put into making these source files, that's probably going to have a lot to do with how much you want to charge them for it. Um, Back to the larger companies, again, they're probably always going to want to buy the source files from you. And if it's a large company, obviously you're going to be able to charge them a great deal of money because they're making a lot of money and they're they're going to expect that. So I think that kind of comes with the territory and she kind of, uh, actually, let me not point out <laughs> genders or who it was, but uh, this person actually had worked for Hewlett-Packard before and brought up that as uh, as an example, saying that, oh, I've never heard of a designer keeping the source files and not giving them up. And so-and-so and so-and-so worked for Hewlett-Packard, and they always got the source files. And I said, well, you know, Hewlett-Packard is a very large company. They probably paid for the rights to those files, So you can't really use that as an example. But basically, we got to decide, you know, does it really matter that much? If so, how much do we want to charge for that? And just tack it on to the initial contract, to the initial estimate. So this, again, is is something you're going to need to find out. Does the client want to own the source files? If it's a small enough business, they might not even care. You know, the smaller the business, the more people don't want to mess with stuff, They'll probably find you if they like what you did. They'll keep coming back to you every time they want to make a change to something. And they won't care who has the source files. But in some cases, you know, people like to own certain things. They feel safer if they have this or that. So it's something that you'll probably encounter. So uh, I talked to some of my uh, designer friends and found a couple of things to put in the contract. I found something particular that my, my friend was using, and I thought it was very good. Um and it basically he he would put it on his invoices which I thought was a little strange but the more I thought about it this is the way I think it works. I'm not completely sure about this. Uh I'm absolutely no lawyer. <laughs> so he would put this on the invoice and what I'm thinking is, you know, an invoice is basically a document. It's a it's a binding document. So if you send them an invoice that says they owe $8,000 and they pay $8,000, they basically agreed to the, the terms of that document or contract. It could be considered a contract. Therefore, if you write some kind of stipulation on that and they pay it, then it seems to me that they're agreeing to the terms of that document, which makes it, uh, in, in all terms and purposes, a contract. So... Um, not really the way I would go about things. I feel safer if I have this on my actual contract and they read through it and they sign the bottom. That way I have my their signature right there. I feel better about it that way. So I think this is something that may replace that clause that I read in the very beginning. And uh, this one says, Artwork and creative material supplied to the client pertaining to this job may be used only for the quoted purposes and any additional usage must be released by the agency or the designer and will be charged separately. All quotes are estimated costs based on the expressed needs of the client. Changes or additions not included in this quote may be charged separately. So basically we're saying, I will give you these these source files that go along with this project, but don't use it for anything else. Don't take pieces out of my Photoshop files and make other projects with them. Don't give them to other designers. Don't put it on a t-shirt now. If you do that, you know, that would be the additional usage. You have to come ask me if you can do that. And if you want to do it, we're going to charge you separately because basically you're using my source files for something that it wasn't intended for. You told me you needed a brochure. I made you files that make a brochure. If you want to take that and make something else, then you better come to me and ask and I'm going to charge you for it. And that way, you don't have to charge them up front just for having the source files. Now, can somebody be sneaky and go and do this without you knowing? Absolutely. But if you find out, and they've agreed to this this term, this uh, stipulation, then uh, you have legal recourse to go after them, basically. So I thought that was a little better. It allows me to give them the source files and still tell them, hey, don't go and use this for something else. Uh, Something else that I found when I was kind of snooping around that I thought was really good, and I didn't have anything like this in my contract yet. I'm definitely going to put it in. It says permissions and release, or permissions and releases. The client agrees to indemnify and hold the artist harmless against any and all claims, costs, and expenses, including attorney's fees, due to materials including... Excuse me. Due to materials included in the work at the request of the client for which no copyright permission or privacy release was requested or for which uses exceed uses allowed pursuant to a permission or release. It's a lot of big words. Uh, Basically, what this one says is and this is something I needed in there a while back. I told you I have clients that pull images off of Google or pull images off of other people's websites. This says if you make a piece, you make a brochure, you make a web page, you make something, and they give you images that, that aren't theirs, aren't theirs to be using, uh, they don't have the rights to use them, and they tell you to use it in the design, then you're not held liable. And this is a big thing because, you know, if you made the work and it has some, you know, some image or something that's, that's copyrighted that you didn't get permission to use, then you can be, you can be held liable for that. So this kind of, I, d- I don't know how airtight this is to tell you the truth, but it's a good thing in to have that, to have in there to say, you know, the client told me to use it and I went ahead and used it because they wanted me to. And this kind of uh, says that If they told you to use it, then you shouldn't be held accountable. Again, I I don't know. I'm not positive that 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 will work. But it looks like something good to have in there just in case it does work. So a lot of things to think about when we're making contracts, obviously. Um, We could go on and on for show after show about what you should put in your contract. But when it all comes down to it, I mean, you just got to try and cover all the bases, cover everything that you think might come up. And if you have problems with, with your client, Uh, you're going to have to work through those things and just find a a happy medium or just don't have them as a client. You know, I mean, if it came right down to it and they said, we're not going to let you put anything in that doesn't allow us to use source files for something else, then I'll say you find another designer. That's not okay with me. I don't want you taking my files and using them for things that they weren't intended for. So um, sometimes you got to make some tough decisions and that's just the way it goes. The keys to the game. Our key command for today is a pretty simple one, but I actually wanted to bring it up in the application Acrobat because I think maybe a lot of people don't know that this is in here, but there's actually rulers in Acrobat, which you might might need sometimes. I actually use them quite a bit when I want to crop something in Acrobat. And to get the rulers... In Acrobat, and this of course always works in Photoshop and Illustrator and InDesign and most of the other Creative Suite applications, you're going to press on the Mac, Command and R, and on the PC, Control and R. So for the second part of the podcast, I kind of wanted to talk about what's going on with me. Uh, We've talked... Quite a few times, I think about burnout and uh, just doing so many things and doing so many things frequently that it just you get tired of it and you get mentally tired. Not that I'm tired of doing this podcast, uh, I am sometimes, but you know, with all the things mixed in with with everything else that I do, sometimes this seems like something that that I wish I didn't have to do. So um, I'm not going to try and scare anybody here. I'm not. Ending this podcast What I have decided to do though Is to make it less frequent So as of this one I'm not going to be doing it Every single week anymore Uh, There could be a time When things slow down In all other areas of my life And we go back to a weekly format But for now Things are just too hectic Um, I know I don't like to uh, Bitch about everything that I have to do But you know between my job um, the other podcasts that I do, I, I have massive freelance jobs right now, which is good. You know, I'm making some money, but it makes it harder to fit in every, everything else. And on top of that, I'm taking a JavaScript class right now, which is, you know, one night a week of my life. So I have no time to do anything else. It gets a little hard. So, uh, I decided to actually pull back from this one a little bit. I'm going to do two shows per month from now on, and hopefully they will be a little bit better. One of the other things I've been having trouble with is I don't always have time to, A, think of good topics, and B, research the topics. I've been talking about a color management show for a long time now, but my problem is I don't have the time to do the research that's necessary. I don't want to put out a half-assed show. If I put out a show about color management, I want it to be really good, so I want to have time to do the research, and I just haven't had that time. That's why that show hasn't happened. Uh, if if there's other shows out there that you may have heard about, or maybe you know thought would be a good idea, or suggested to me, if I haven't done them, that could be very well the reason why I haven't done it yet. There's just not enough hours in the day lately. I've been staying up till all hours of the night, and still waking up early and going to work. So again, I don't want to cry about my problems to you, but uh, this is the way that things are going. So um, I've I've pointed this show out as the one that takes the most time. It takes a lot more time than Quick Tips does, of course. And Quick Tips actually has uh, double the audience of this one. Not that this that makes this any less significant than the other one, but, you know, it takes more of my time and I've got a smaller audience, so I really have to move into the areas where things are successful for me. And that's a pretty good lesson, you know. If things are working and other things are not, sometimes you got to cut off the fat, you know. Uh, like I said, I'm not cutting it off entirely. I'm just pulling back a little bit. But ways that you can help me. Uh, there's going to be more time in between shows. I need you guys to go on the forum and participate. Because that helps bring out topics. I've talked about many a thing that was suggested on the top on the forum or talked about on the forum. And uh, it helps when you guys do that. Also, if anybody has ideas for shows, please email them to me and please you know try and go through if you haven't listened to all the shows maybe take a glance at what has been talked about i get a lot of the same things coming up and over and over again and i don't want to start rehashing everything that we've already talked about uh, i already do that i think in every show i bring up things that we've talked about before but i don't want to i don't want to totally do a retread of a show i don't want to do the exact same thing that we've done so those are ways that you can help me um Really, we're going to see the way that this thing goes. I mean, I had it set at two years. We've been going for about a year and a half straight. And I told myself at two years I was going to take a look at where this show has been, where it stands, and where I think it's going to go. And if it really wasn't going anywhere, that might be time to actually pull the plug. Now, I don't want to do that because I feel the show helps a lot of people. And I get feedback from people all the time telling me that it does help them. And I like that. But you know, this, the show only goes so far for me and I have, you know, things on the horizon. I have other projects that I'd like to put my energy into. I have tons and tons of magazines laying around and books that I haven't even been able to open. I haven't been able to get through, you know, tutorials that I want to do. So there's other things that I want to get to. And uh, this is the one thing that's kind of been standing in the way the most because again, it takes up a lot of my time. So, um, definitely if you guys have any suggestions for shows, that's going to help me out a lot. I know people have offered to do research for me. If you want to do something like that, if you have an idea and you want to do research and submit all that to me, that would be awesome. You know, I always try and put my own spin on things, but you know, I, I like that background of having the research done on it as well. So I don't sound like an idiot. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to just babble about something. I want to give you good information. So, um, this is kind of where I stand on this. So, like I said, I'm going to bring it down to actually two podcasts a month. Uh, I'm going to try to do that every other week. That would make sense, of course. But, you know, if if things get shifted around, they, they get shifted around. So I may not have an actual release day for this podcast anymore. As you know, it has been coming out every Thursday. It might not come out every other Thursday. It might just come out sometime every other week. So, um please be patient patient with me on that. I hope people don't leave the show just because of this, but you know, if it happens, it happens and uh, I'll, I'll just move on from that. But um, on the flip side of that, uh, I still have some advertising deals going on. So you might see a couple extra quick tips pop up. Like I said, those don't take as long for me and I think they're good. I've got really good response to that. I think because people are like me, they're visual learners and they like to actually see some video of what's going on. So um hmm, anything else I can say about that topic. I definitely appreciate everybody listening, everybody spreading the word for me. Uh we have gotten a little bit of publicity on this show, that's been good. Uh I I definitely appreciate everybody sending in emails like they do or or contacting me through MySpace or just becoming my friend on MySpace. Uh I've gotten lots of positive feedback on this show, and I don't I definitely don't want to lose that. I don't want to just flush that down the toilet. So um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not just gonna end this show. I'm not gonna fade, as as they say, the pod fading. But, you know, I don't want to I always want to be upfront and honest with you as well. I listened to a show, one of the first shows I listened to was Media Artist Secrets, and that was by or is still by a guy named Franklin McMahon. This was the show that made me want to start podcasting. It was a very inspirational show, kinda like I think this one is to some people. Um I really got a lot out of it. And I loved it. And of course, when you start listening and, and you don't get, get in on the, on the very first episode, it's great because you have a bunch to go back and listen to over, you know, you can do them all in a row and it's great. And then you get to that point where, oh man, I got to wait all week. And then, you know, what happened with that show? And he didn't say anything. All of a sudden he became the host of, what was it? And I'm not trying to throw this guy under the bus or anything. I'm just trying to explain what I don't want to do. He became the host of the Creative Cow podcast, and when he did that, the Media Media Artist Secrets podcast just kind of went away. He would do one like once every month or something like that. It would just at random times one would pop up, and it was really disheartening to me because I loved the podcast. Not that he had to do it every single week; he could have done it once a month. But at least to, to tell me, "Hey, guys." I'm I'm doing this other show. It's taken up a lot of my time. Actually he does multiple shows all the time. He has tons of different podcasts that he works on. But anyways, just saying something like, I don't have the time to do this every week. I'm gonna do it once a once a month. And that would have been fine with me. But just to not say anything and then all of a sudden, what you know, it's not every week anymore. And is this show still in existence? So that's the kind of thing, you know. This show will continue. It will be less frequent. uh, But I want you guys to participate. The forums are great. I'm trying to get some help with the forums. Let me just say that. Uh, I'm going to apologize for all the spam that's been up there. There's been like sex things up there and stuff with actual pictures on it. And I apologize for that. I don't know how to fix it. I am not a PHP coder programmer. So, you know, if anybody wants to help me out, I don't even know how to put the mods on the forum to, to make it harder for spammers to get in. So if anybody wants to help me out with that, I would definitely accept that help because it annoys me. You know, I get up there and I try and delete those things as quickly as possible. But, you know, I can't always get up there all the time. And those spammers are just constant, man. It's really starting to starting to piss me off. So um, I apologize for that. But I mean, there's lots of great people up there. There's lots of great conversations going on all the time. And it's, it's a great place to talk, and it's a great place to find out information about this, this career that we have. So I hope you guys still participate in that and maybe get your fix of Rookie Designer through the forum while there's not a show out. And uh, hopefully you'll still stick around and subscribe, keep subscribed, and uh, listen to this show when it comes out, You know, even though it's not going to be every single week. Anyways, I think we covered that topic efficiently. And with that, I guess we'll go into a little Ricky tip. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. So the the tip for today, we were talking about the contracts and clients not liking stuff that's in your contract. Don't ever let your client dictate your contract to you. This person was trying to tell me, "Hey, I don't want this in there. Just take it out, and then we'll sign it." If you're not okay with that then either tell them you have to sign it with this stipulation in there or go find yourself another designer. You know, if it's that important to you, then you can afford to just tell them to move on. You know, if you don't like it the way it is, then hit the road because this is this is what I want in my contract. And if it's covering you on something that's important to you like owning the source source files to your work, then that's definitely something that you're going to, you know, you're going to have to stand firm on. If it's something you don't mind taking out, then go right ahead. But, you know, make sure you're in agreement. Don't let them dictate to you what, what should or should not be in your contract. That's definitely not the way to go about owning your own business or conducting business. I mean, they, in the first place, shouldn't be telling you that. But, you know, a contract is an agreement between two parties. So make sure you both can live with what's in there and don't let them, you know, kind of be overbearing and tell you what should be in there and what should not be in there. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our resource for today is, and let me just preface this by saying, I am one of those people that's kind of slow to catch on to things. Uh, You'll remember I told you that I actually didn't have a blog at all before I started podcasting, uh, whereas uh, many people had blogs for several years before that. Um, Today's resource is Delicious And if you're like me and you don't really know what delicious is, although I do know now, delicious is a way to keep track of websites that you like. It's basically bookmarking, but it's bookmarking that's held on a website. So you always have it. You always have it with you. As long as you're on a computer, you have it with you. You know, when you, uh, when you're on your machine and you just add bookmarks to your browser, those, of course, stay with that machine, they stay with that browser, unless you actually export those and bring them over to your other computer and import them into that browser. It's, it's a pain. So Delicious is a great way to keep your bookmarks all with you at all times. You can even download for, if you use Firefox, you can download this little toolbar that's very similar to the toolbar that holds links that comes with Firefox. It shows up right underneath that, and every time you add more Delicious links in there, They're right in there and you can find them all. And like I said, you can put this on every single browser on every computer you use and then you'll always have all your links right at your fingertips. It's great. Uh, Another great thing about this is that when you actually search, if you go to the website and you actually add tags to your your bookmarks when you put them in. And that way when you go into your website, you can look at the tags and you can find other people's uh, bookmarks that they've made that are related to yours. And this way, you know, if I put in things that are graphic design or tutorials or something like that, I can go search in other people's bookmarks and find other tutorial sites that I might not have found. So a great way to share links that way. Um, We talked a few weeks ago about making sure that, you know, when you find tutorials or you you find things that you can learn from, that you make sure you save those things. And this is another great tool to do that because... You know, like I said, if I find a tutorial site, I can just add that to my del- delicious links real quick there, and I can have access to it on every single computer that I'm on. Whereas sometimes, you know, if I just add it to the bookmarks of Firefox, maybe I do it at work, and then I come home and I'm thinking, hey, didn't I find a uh, tutorial site that I liked? And I look through my bookmarks. And it gets lost in there, and I don't even remember that it's not even on that computer so this it's just a good way to do this and and again, you know I know I'm probably behind the times of a lot of people out here. A lot of people probably have been using this for a long time, but if you're not, check it out because it's very, very cool. It's very uh good for keeping them in order and keeping them with you at all times, and also being able to check out other people's links and maybe finding some web pages that you probably wouldn't have. All right, so hopefully you haven't totally soured on this show after uh, my big announcement there at the end. Uh, if you haven't, then I would love it if you still go out and tell people about this podcast and uh, tell them that they should listen, even though it's going to be less frequent now. You know, If they just start listening, then they have all those back episodes to go check out, uh, which you can always find the back episodes on the feed, of course. If they're not on the feed, go to rookiedesigner.com slash rookie, and click on the on the archive button and you can find them all there. You'll be able to find them there. Uh, if you watch Quick Tips and you want to find the archives of that one that aren't on the feed anymore, you can go to the site rever.com, that's R-E-V-V-E-R.com, and watch the videos there. And if you do watch the video all the way through, let me ask that you actually click on the ad at the very end because you'll be helping me out if you do that. Also, if you want to participate in the email program and send a nice letter about this podcast to... Uh, blogger and podcaster magazine you can go to the website rookiedesigner.com slash rookie look in the show notes and you can click on the little link there and send your email if you want to contact me and definitely please do so uh, if you have questions like i said if you want to suggest topics Uh, If you want to do a bunch of research and send that to me, that'd be great too. Uh, If you know anything about PHP and forums and you want to help me block the spammers, please contact me. You can do it several ways. You can email me at adam at rookie designer.com. You can go to myspace.com slash rookie designer. And let me just put this out there again. If you want, if you're trying to be my friend on MySpace, it could take a while. MySpace is something I don't check a whole lot. So if you're uh, finding that I don't get back on that very quickly, that's that's just the way it goes. I'm sorry. Uh, that's like the last thing I check. So just to let you know, uh, you can also Skype me at username Titan Strides and uh, you can instant message me that way and hopefully I'll be able to get back to you. Uh, like I said, I've been super busy lately with uh, freelance and, and other things in my class and all that. So uh, please be patient with me there. And also you can go to the forum if you're not registered already, please go to the forum and register and, uh, start talking to those people. If you are again, you know, use this as your fix, go talk to the people, the other people that listen to rookie designer, you guys can strike up some conversations and, uh, maybe inadvertently come up with a topic that I cover on a future show. That would be cool. Right? So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the emails and everything that people send me. Thank you so much for that. Uh, again, I hope it's not too much of a bummer that we're not going to be going every single week on this thing. But uh, I think it'll be better for the show. I don't want, one thing I don't want is to start putting out subpar shows just because I'm reaching, just because I don't have time and I'm just coming up with things off the top of my head and just talking BS to you guys. So uh, I want this to stay good, and this is, I think, the best way to make sure that that happens. So hopefully you're okay with that. And uh, if not, well, I'm sorry I can't please everyone all the time. Anyways, Thank you guys for everything. Thank you for listening. And just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.